Some call it a slice, others prefer the term pie. But something everyone can agree on is the fact that it's pizza, and most often it's delicious. Deep dish pizza that's thriving in central New York? We'll hear all about it on the first episode of The Voice of Food. Support for WAER Original Podcasts comes from Hunter Springs Landscape Artisans. Helping enhance the central New York landscape since 1983, Hunter Landscape specializes in tree and shrub design and installation, natural stone craftsmanship, and traditional landscape and hardscape. Project galleries found at HunterSpringsLandscape.com. Welcome to The Voice of Food, the stories behind the food of central New York. I'm Kevin Claus. This is our debut episode, so I feel it's important to quickly just say that the goal of this show is to share the backstory of how food spots across central New York turned their passion into successful businesses. What worked? What didn't work? And how do they function now? And this week, we're all about the deep dish. I had a chance to sit down with Melanie Austin. She's one of the owners and operators of Tangy Tomato on Burnett Avenue, who started serving up deep dish pizza in 2020. But before we jump into that, here's a little bit of what you can expect from the Tangy Tomato if you haven't had the chance to try it yet. This place is adorable. It's so cute. Their decor is very cute. I love the way that they have it set up. It's very now. You know what I mean? It's kind of trendy. True Chicago-style pizza. You want a taste of Chicago? Go there. It's a meal. Like, one slice is like having a full-on meal. We've had several friends that have gone and, you know, they go with us. They, uh, we all go in together. We get a big order together, and we come back and eat and have a great time. Melanie Austin from the Tangy Tomato, thanks for giving me some of your time today to talk a little bit about your story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So Chicago Deep Dish, on the face it seems like a a bold move in Mm. central New York to bring what's an iconic style of pizza. So I think just right off the bat, where does this whole process start for you as we go back? I have a business partner, her name's Megan. Um, we wanted to open up a pizzeria. We just we wanted to do something different. We started learning about the Chicago deep dish about two and a half years ago, studied it, and actually flew to Chicago a couple of times to learn from the other pizzerias that are over there, um, some great pizzerias. Uh, Lou Malnati's is our, our biggest one. Um, their family's fantastic. They were all great over there. But we wanted to put our own spin on it. We wanted to do something that's similar to the Chicago deep dish that you'll get in Syracuse or in Chicago, but not here. You know, it's our style. It's 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 a little different than what you will find in Chicago. But we have a lot of Chicago natives that come and say we're we're spot on. We're we're very close. So, so you go out to Chicago to go to go and see firsthand how they do deep dish pies out there. They were open to having you guys in. They're they're, yeah. they're okay with that? Yeah, they were really cool. At first, I didn't think they believed us. I didn't think that. I thought that they, I felt as though they thought we were a, a pizzeria that was going to open around the corner from them, you know, and it, it wasn't really real to them until we flew out there and we walked into their restaurant and, you know, they saw us and they were like, okay, you know, they mean business. They were very, very, very nice. And they walked you through that process. So 
when you leave those pizza shops, what kind of a feeling do you have as you're still trying to kind of put together everything to launch? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Very overwhelmed. There's a lot that it's not easy to make a deep dish. There's a lot that goes that goes into it. Yeah, we were we were nervous definitely to launch this, but you know, over over learning and and whatnot and and constant you know making the pizza over and over and over again. You know, we got very comfortable with it. So when you leave there, your your biggest takeaway, if you can kind of try to go back and think about leaving Chicago, taking in all that information at once, a little bit of an overload, like you said, what was like your biggest takeaway walking out of there? The crust. Even though we have our own dough, deep dish is very different when it comes out of the oven. It's not just your regular New York style pizza that you can toss into a box and go. There's a there's a process with it. There's so much cheese that when you cut it, it just goes everywhere. So we needed to learn how to control that and keep that all together and make it from the oven to the pizza box without messing the pizza up. Was that one of the things that maybe in your own trial and error that you were having an issue with was the fact that the cheese just kind of went everywhere when you pulled it out of the oven? Yes, yes. And a lot of... Our Syracuse customers, they're not used to this type of pizza. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was a, a new thing for everybody, for, for everyone to get used to. I think that's an, an interesting place to take the conversation is the fact that you're correct. People in central New York, in New York in general, maybe don't have a ton of exposure to deep dish pizza. Were you aware that that was going to be an issue off yes. the bat? Yes, absolutely. We, and it was. It was right off the bat. So was there anything you could do to kind of ahead of time? I mean, there's not really much you could do, right? Mm-hmm. What what could you do to prepare someone for a different style of pizza than maybe what they'd been eating their entire life? We we tried to put it out on our line as much as possible, mm-hmm. um, educate our customers when they called. You know, a lot of our customers had many questions at first. Um, so our biggest thing was we had to train our customers that this is a whole new style of pizza you know, different sizes. Uh, one slice, it, you're good for the afternoon. You know, it, it's not a multiple slice type pizza. It's very filling. Uh, and they needed to learn, as well as us, you know, the making of the pizza, you know. So what was at the beginning? What was the biggest issue that you had with with people where they'd come back to you and they would complain about what? Our biggest issue was the raw pizza. We were getting a lot of people calling back saying that the pizza's raw. It was not raw. It's a very thick pizza. It's loaded with cheese. Um, If you pull back a New York-style slice and you take the cheese off, you see that it's got a little doughy on the bottom. Our pizza is the exact same way. It's just you're seeing more of it because you can actually get through the cheese because the cheese is really gooey and ooey all through the pizza. Whereas a New York style, it the cheese firms up pretty quickly. A deep dish, it, it stays pretty gooey for, for a while. And so people were noticing, oh, you know, the bottom of my pizza is raw. It's not. It's, it's actually cooked. It's just we can't cook it all the way just like you can't cook it all the way with a New York style. Mm-hmm. So once our customers got used to that and understood that, the complaints are gone. So two and a half years, basically, from concept to open. Any point along the way where you had second thoughts? Yes. Yes. We were going into a pandemic. We were getting a lot of backlash from, you know, not backlash, but a a lot of our friends and family were, you know, trying to look out for us, so to speak, you know. Um, 
I had a drive. I had. A, I have a passion. I love this business, and you know, no negative remarks or comments or whatnot was going to stop me. Uh, we were going to push through this, and and we were going to open up Tangy Tomato, and we did. November 9th, smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. That to me is maybe the point in your story that I'm the most interested in, because if I can remember November of 2020 accurately. A lot of schools are going remote and they're being told not to send children in. A lot of businesses are either being told to shut down or if they can, transfer their employees to to remote work. And here you are opening up a new, not just a new pizzeria, but a new shop with kind of a new concept for this area. Mm-hmm. That's a bold move. Yeah, yeah. Well, people love different things, you know, and that's why we're, we're striving. Every day we're doing something new. We're always having new stuff. We're not your average pizzeria. And so November 9th, when we chose to open, even though Syracuse was trying to push us off until April of 2021, we pushed through it. And uh, we did. We opened. And it's it's been crazy ever since. What do you mean when you say they tried to push you off till 2021? There was a, a couple of things with the building. We had remodeled the entire building from top to bottom. And there was a couple of things that the owner of the actual building needed to do. Since we had done so much of it, the city of Syracuse has just been fantastic with us. And they allowed us to open three months early, four months early. Yep. As someone who's had to learn the process... What's the learning curve for someone to pick up what it takes to make a good deep dish pie? And obviously, for someone you're going to hire, we're going to assume that they've worked in a pizza shop or two and know their way around a kitchen. Mm -hmm. It is time. Time is completely different. It's 12 minutes from the moment you smack a dough open to the oven to in the box for a New York style. It's 30 minutes minimum Mm. for a deep dish. Um, there's just so much more that goes into building the deep dish on top of that, but your cook time is 30 minutes right off the bat. Um, we've gotten the process down really fast now to the point where we're doing 30-minute pickups. 30 to 35 on a Friday can go as high as 45. Um, at one point, we were at two-hour waits. Um, so speed has definitely helped tremendously. Um, our process, too, our process as we opened and you know we were learning – you know, different ways to make our time shorter, that helped too, you know, just just us learning ourselves and, and getting faster, for sure. I mean, just speaking honestly for a moment, was that a frustration that you heard from people that they would place an order and it would be, you know, generally speaking, if I want a pizza, I'd like a pizza maybe in the next 20 minutes if possible. And you're talking about two-hour wait times. Did you hear from people that they were frustrated? We did. Um, our two-hour wait times, that that was when, uh, obviously, you know, when the first couple of months we opened, we were doing anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 deep dishes on a Friday or a Saturday. At times, I do believe that we were taking in more than we could have done at the time. But our key is we've always been open and honest with our customers. And we tell them right off the bat, you know, you got a two-hour wait or you got an hour and a half wait. They're waiting. They want to wait. If they want to wait, we'll make it, you know. Um, Our best uh, comment to our customers that we would let them know is always order ahead. You can always call anytime and order ahead and get your block in, get your time block in. And if it's not available, we'll do the best that we can. Um, But now, again, speed our speed, our crew is just so solid. Um, I've had the same crew since we've opened. 
I'm very blessed for that. My crew works very, very hard for us. And it's speed. I mean, on a Friday night, you're lucky if we'll get, get up to 45 minutes for a pickup. So having looked at your menu a number of times, I will admit, you guys offer not just a lot of different kinds of deep dish styles, but I'm pretty sure your menu says you guys will basically make any kind of deep dish I can think of. Like if I come to you and say, hey, I want a certain style, you guys will do it in deep dish form. Is that something that you saw when you were in Chicago or is this you trying to just be as open and accessible as possible? They'll put any topping on a pizza out in Chicago. They don't broadcast it like mm-hmm. like they, you know, they got four different kinds. They kind of keep it very basic, um, whereas we wanted to take it and run with it. And we have some pretty crazy combinations coming out soon. We just we want to do something. We, there's a really good concept here and we want to take it and run with it. There's just there's so many things we can do with it. Um, but out in Chicago, they're they're pretty basic. They're you know, they have your basic. Uh, the Chicago classic is, you know, loads of sausage and loads of cheese. You know, they're just they're very big. Ba- they got the meat lovers. Uh, they did not do the chicken wing out there. Um, the barbecue chicken wing. They don't you know, so we got a little bit more crazier with our deep dishes as opposed to what they do. And I'm just picking up on what you said. This is more than just adding extra toppings. I assume it's a more complex science, if you will, to make a deep dish with those styles versus just adding more toppings, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the more toppings someone adds into their pizza, the more difficult it can get because the more vegetables that go into the deep dish, the more water comes mm. out of those vegetables, which makes the more soupier. So it's it's a science, actually. It's a science that to the thickness of your sauce. You can't have a very thin sauce. Um, you have to chop up your vegetables a certain way because if they're if they're too chunky, it's too watery. I mean, the consistency will be real watery. I mean, it's actually quite a science to make a deep dish. It really is. It doesn't sound like there's a playbook for this out there. So as you guys are trying new styles, is there a lot of sort of experimentation? Oh yeah, we're experimenting every day, every day. We're we're I'm constantly cooking up something new. Uh, this month we launched the macaroni and cheese deep dish, and it it's gone crazy. I mean, some of the combination people have made have been crazy. I mean, they've our customers have gotten really have had a lot of fun with this with this pie. So. Have you ever had to say no? No. We, as long as we have the product in, in the house and the toppings or whatever it is that they're asking for, we'll make it. The thing that I wasn't expecting when I walked into your shop, because it combines a new concept of deep dish and one of my favorite pizza items, which is the breakfast pizza, mm-hmm. is you guys do a deep dish breakfast pizza. and. After being initially blown away by the concept that I could have such a thing, I was also blown away when you told me how many eggs you have to use to make a breakfast deep dish. Yep. So a uh, 12-inch breakfast, a uh, 12-inch deep dish breakfast generally takes about 15 eggs. Uh, 14-inch, which is our next step up, is 21 eggs. And then a 16-inch is the one that our customers see on our line when they come in. And that one takes 32 eggs. Is the breakfast deep dish a big seller for you guys? On the one hand, I could see where maybe it's a little more niche, but breakfast pizzas in general to me kind of seem like they go wild at times. They are, yeah. Our our breakfast deep is one of our biggest sellers. 
So how does this work for you guys? Because I, I believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, currently you guys are opening at around 11? Yes. So for breakfast pizza, if you guys aren't opening till 11, how does that all shake out for you guys? So customers will call. We get a lot of our customers call beforehand. Um, if they need a breakfast pizza at 8 o'clock, we'll do it. Um, we'll come in any time for our customers. Our customers are our number one fan. We will do whatever we need to do to get what they want. You know, um, We get a lot of customers that will call for orders for breakfast pizza at 7, 7.30 to be delivered, which would put us at the shop at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. We do it. They choose to spend their hard-earned money with us. They're going to get the best of the best, and we do it. As you're talking to me about the breakfast pizza and the absurd amount of eggs that have to go into each of those pies, I mean, I'm, in my head now, I'm just starting to think, were you aware when you opened this that maybe you were going to be spending X amount of money on ingredients for a standard pie now with Deep Dish being such a big seller? Were you aware of how much extra volume you were going to need just in terms of ingredients? No. In fact, our very first week, we actually had to shut down for an extra day uh, just so that we could go out and get more dough trays, more product. It was crazy. It was unfortunate that we had to close down that Monday. Um, but places that we get our product and our food from and, and uh, dough trays and whatnot were not open on Sundays, so we had to close down on a, on a Monday and just totally revamp everything. And we've been kicking it ever since. Sometimes I will go and I'll enjoy something, and my first thought is – Aside from coming here every day, what can I do to replicate this at home? Is it even possible for me to make a deep dish pizza in the comfort of my home? Or would you say that is, that's a stretch too far? You, people have tried it. It, it, it can be done. It, of course, it definitely can be done. Um, it can get messy mm-hmm. if not done right. So I, I, I mean, I guess I, I would say try it if you, if you would like. I can't guarantee it's not going to be messy. Could you guys use standard sort of like the oven I would see in a standard pizza shop? Or is there anything specifically different you guys have to do with your ovens because of this? So our ovens are very deep. Our ovens can hold about – it depends on the sizes, but they can go upward to about 50 deeps per – we have uh, two decks. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're we're constantly rolling out 150, 100 pies at a time of deep dishes depending on their size. Our oven goes up to 800 degrees. The faster we get, the more busier we get, the higher we have to continue to crank the oven to keep up with the constant opening, closing, and taking the pies out. But if you're cooking just your na- just a, a normal one deep dish pizza, I, I would say at least five, 550 you have to cook it on. So I don't know, you know, if most ovens go up <laughs> that high or not. Uh, but um, yeah, you, at least you have to be at 500 to at least start off with that. You need to cook from the inside out. That's what's mm. different with a deep dish. It has to cook from the inside out. And I'll show my ignorance here, and that's not the science when you're cooking just a traditional pie? No, it kind of cooks evenly all around. Um, you know, when you get the, bo- the the New York off the board mm-hmm. and onto the oven, it, it cooks all together. Whereas our, the deep has to cook from the inside out, so you don't want a raw pizza. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, So it, you got to cook it at a lower temp. Hence why it takes even longer and it's thicker, but you really you need to make sure it cooks from the inside out. Eating a deep dish pizza just visually and what I think I've seen sort of on social media and online and what a lot of people see is a very – it's a different eating experience than being able to pick up a slice, fold it in half and just you know take a couple bites at your leisure. 
What's a good entry point for someone into deep dish? You've never had deep dish before. They're going to come into your shop and they, they, they want to try it. Where do you steer them? It's a messy slice. You need a, a fork and a knife is needed at times. Lots of napkins. Mm-hmm. It can be messy. And, and people, you got to have fun with it. And we just tell our customers this isn't a traditional slice. You know, get, get ready, bib up. You know, we just we just have fun with it, and the and the customers just their response has just been incredible. They love it. They love it. And what style of pie you're gonna push someone towards? What if they've never had deep dish before? My favorites are Chicago chicken wing. And you think um, that's in, like for someone who's never had deep dish, that's a safe place to start? I would have them do the classic. Okay. The Chicago classic. Yeah, because you're gonna. That's the pizza that you're gonna find in Chicago. That's the one. Um, the kind that you're going to see on their line. The difference with us is you go to Chicago, you can't get a slice of Chicago deep dish. And if you can in Chicago, I haven't found it yet. Please let me know. Um, but from from the many pizzerias that my partner and I have been in in Chicago, you can walk in and get New York style. You cannot get a Chicago deep dish. It's very difficult to have that slice on your line. Any ideas to why that's the case? So a deep dish needs to like set mm-hmm. a little bit. If we're just taking it out and I pull a slice out, that cheese is going to go everywhere. And so we have actually learned to be able to control the cheese as odd as that is. <laughs> um, so when we pull out slices for you, generally the deep dish has sat out for a little bit. It's uh, stiffened up a little bit. It's, it's got, you know, it's it's come together a little bit more. It's form. It's not so gooey and all over the place um but again we have not seen chicago us you cannot get a singular slice of chicago that i have that i and i've been in 15 restaurants in chicago and i'm still yet to find that so that's something really cool at first we weren't offering it um a chicago deep dish pizzeria that doesn't have deep dish on their line Mm -hmm. uh that lasted all of a week and i had to figure that one out so were people annoyed by that? Yeah, a little bit because they they didn't know what it was. It was new, and they wanted to try a slice. Um, so we just, you know, in order for us to put our slices out, it just takes a little extra time. That's all. We just need to keep them in the back just a little bit longer, let them, you know, form, and then we just throw them out on the line, and people are loving it. And you would say you guys sell the most what style of deep dish? I would have to say our Chicago Classic or our Meat Lovers is huge. And your meat lovers consist of what meats? Uh, it's just three. So the toppings, I, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, meat lovers, five, six toppings. Yes, this pie is thick. It's big. It's it's huge. Three toppings is what we start out with. Uh, that's pepperoni, sausage, and meatballs. That's the uh, traditional toppings that are out in Chicago. Uh, you order a meat lovers out there, that's what they start off with. Have you tried to stick to that to a degree that when you went out to Chicago and you saw, hey, here's maybe like the staples of what they're doing out here. Let's stick with that for the most part. And how how comfortable are you sort of stepping away from that kind of stuff? So we wanted to take the deep dish con concept. And if you hear um, a lot of a, a lot of times, you'll hear me just say it, the deep, mm-hmm. the deep. Um, yes, it's a Chicago deep dish. Uh, we're not trying to be a Lou Malnati's. Um, we're not trying to be exactly what he built an incredible restaurant and has an amazing pizza. Um, he's he's very well known for his butter crust. His um, it's like a croissant kind of mm-hmm. uh, flaky looking crust. If you've been out to Chicago, you'll see there's a choice of two different crusts. It's a crust like ours, 
and then a crust, like a butter croissant type of crust. One complaint that we would get a lot is, oh, you know, it's not a croissant crust. Uh, Chicago deep dish, believe it or not, is not made originally with a butter crust. That butter crust was made by Lou Malnati's fantastic crust. But we wanted to be different. We uh, we wanted to offer something similar to the deep dish, but we wanted to be our own our own name. We wanted to be our own restaurant with our own homemade recipes and our own our own you know just our own style. Yes, it's the deep dish, uh, the Chicago deep dish, but we wanted to put our spin on it, something different. How do you feel like the community has responded to you guys? And I don't necessarily mean that in the sense of, you know, because obviously they're coming out and they're supporting you guys with, with money. People are showing up mm-hmm. to order these pizzas. But you you could be a spot in, in Syracuse that does business but doesn't necessarily feel like they are, you know, ingrained in the community yet. Have you guys been able to make yourselves a part of the community beyond what you do in terms of serving pizzas. Yeah, so instead of the 12 days of Christmas, we did the 12 days of small businesses. So we went instead, we went to a new business every day and we supported them in one way or another, whether it was we sat down and we ate dinner there, uh, you know, tipped the, the waitress tremendously, or we went to a place and we bought gift certificates and by you know at the end of 12 days we had a ton of gift certificates we just handed them out just gave them out to the customers that came into our store friends family community just to we were just trying to show love and support to our other small businesses cuz it's important that small businesses stick together and well i was having a little bit of the of an issue seeing us thrive and doing all this business and then there was other businesses around us that were starving and just weren't able to open or you know and we just we wanted to let them know that we're here for you you know we we're we're trying to help you as much as possible we have a lot of small businesses in our actual restaurant uh we do big mama's cheesecake uh that's our cheesecake in our restaurant uh we got the the cookie company in our in our restaurant we just we're trying to help out where we can. And, you know, again, I, I had a little bit of an issue around Christmas that we're, we're so busy and, you know, I just, it wasn't sitting well with me. So we got, we thought it would be pretty cool to go around to different businesses. And we, we shouted them out on our website so that, you know, everyone could see them on our page. And it was really cool. It was cool. So you do this pizza pretty much. If you're not working every day, you're probably thinking about it every day. Every day. Sick of deep dish yet? Or no. no, you still got more to do. No, we we have a lot of really cool tricks up our sleeves. Yeah, we're we're we got a lot of really cool things coming. And for someone who's listening to this, they've never been to Tangy Tomato. They didn't know what you guys were before they listened to this. What's the best way for them to kind of reach out to you guys and get some additional information? We're on Google. Um, they can call us. We have a website, tangytomatopizza.com. Any questions, I'm always talking to our customers. Customers reach out on our page all the time. I'm always talking to them. You'll start seeing commercials soon. We're soon going to launch commercial. But always reach out. Well, we can we can handle anything. We can help you with anything. All right, great. Melanie Austin, thanks so much for coming by and chatting with me yes, today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for the first ever episode of The Voice of Food. 
You can rate and review the podcast along with subscribing for automatic delivery of new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank Melanie Austin for chatting with me for today's episode. The Voice of Food is a production of WAER Syracuse Public Media. Our associate producer is Mary-Kate Intaglietta, and I'm Kevin Claus. Thanks for listening.